You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. If you're watching on YouTube, we're joined today by, for the second day in a row, Finn. James's faithful companion who's looking very cute as he does. Today we're going to be talking about the Bengals' lack of activity at the trade deadline. We're going to be talking about the Bengals' fall in the power rankings and their fall in the advanced analytics rankings that look at strength of opponent and results against each opponent and kind of put that into context into a formula when it comes to DVOA. We also have our locked on power rankings to talk about and some miscellaneous Subjects to cover at the end of the show, including a transition to the upcoming opponent, the Cleveland Browns, and the John Ross watch, which continues as the Bengals try to. Well, I guess they can't really do anything. Did you say about John it. Ross? Did you I, say I did. John Ross? Oh, okay. Are you excited? I just had to chime in. I got a little excited there. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to talk about John Ross and his continued relevance to the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> yeah, in maybe. segment three of the show. But let's start. With the inactivity of the trade deadline, I believe there were four, maybe five trades. I think there was one late trade. So five total trades, I believe, on Tuesday before the trade deadline. The Bengals did not make any of those trades. There were a few pass rushers traded. One of them, Melvin Melvin Ingram. I always get those guys confused, even though they aren't on the same team anymore. Uh, Let's see. Charles Amenahue from the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. And there's one other pass rusher traded, and the name is escaping me. I forget too. But either way, that was something, right? No, so no Von Miller, by the way, which we already knew that stinks. Yes. Uh, although that was never going to happen. Let's be honest here. Um, look, Jake, I, I don't know about you. I thought there was at least a decent chance they were going to add one of these two positions: edge interior offensive line because i think at that build in that building at paul brown stadium they know i bet they make a face when they talk about their edge rushers or they make a face when they talk about their interior offensive line and you don't want to make a face i don't make a face outside of smiling when you talk about joe burrow but when you mention oh right guard it's like oh yeah right guard or oh outside of trey hendrickson who's getting pressure off the edge is it really Khalid cream and so i wonder let me ask you this do you think there's a chance even remotely but they're flying high at five and two thinking, okay, maybe we will add a piece. And then they go to New York and they lay an egg and it's like, Oh, I don't know if we should give up a future asset. I don't know if we're there yet. I don't, I I hope the jets game didn't have something to do with it, but wouldn't be shocked if it did. It seems like something changed. If you trust our friend Malik, Wright, Who has given us no reason to doubt him last week. He tweeted that he thought that a trade was more likely than not. And this mm-hmm. week, you know, he, he says something changed after the jets game. I don't know if it was the result of the game. It could have just been that the pieces they were interested in or the, the players they were in talks for the prices didn't go the way they wanted them to go and or other arrangements were made like who knows maybe they were in on von miller and this is very doubtful but maybe they were in on von miller and they were sitting there saying you know what we'll take that money and we'll give you like a fourth fifth round pick for for a rental but we'll take the money off your books too and then then instead of that denver gets an offer well no hey wait you take the money 
but we'll give you these premium picks, a second and third round pick. Yeah. So, so maybe something like that happened. Uh, and again, that's a very uh, speculative situation that we're talking about. I have no indication that the Bengals breaking were in news. On. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not doing that here. But uh, who, who knows what happened, right? It might be just that. Yeah, they decided if if we can lose to Mike White and the Jets, we need to make sure we keep as many assets as possible because we're not ready yet, and and we need yeah. those assets. So. Uh, who knows really which, which reason it was or why it went the way it did, but it, uh, it, it kind of fits with expectations. Charlie G pointed this out on Twitter. I think the Bengals haven't made a tread de- deadline move since 1991, I believe was the tweet. So, sure. you know, it, it certainly fits their history and, uh, you know, it's not necessarily that I was expecting the Bengals to make a trade, but as you and I talked about, it would have been nice. But at the same time, the other thing that changes after the trade deadline, James, is all players, including veterans, are now subject to waivers for the rest of the season. Let's now, the Bengals don't this. have that top waiver priority like they did early in the season, like they did last season all year. So the Takaris McKinley kind of waiver claims, which, hey, they could really use a Takaris McKinley on this team right now. That level of claim isn't necessarily likely, but there will be waiver claims to be had for the rest of the way because now any veteran or rookie contract that is cut or waived is is subject to waivers. Yeah, and so Deshaun Jackson, let's talk about him. Gets released by the Rams, has eight receptions, averaging 27 yards per catch or so, and it did seem like they wanted him out of there more than anything. I would call him and, you know, honestly, I think he's going to clear waivers. I don't think someone's going to claim him and absorb the money. I think they're going to let him clear waivers and then the dust will settle there. I would call him and be interested because I look at this wide receiver group and I don't think the coaching staff trust Mike Thomas four snaps the other day. I don't think they buy Stanley Morgan as an offensive weapon, seven snaps the other day with Auden Tate out, by the way, those snap counts, they view Auden Tate my actions are saying, you know, they, no one told me this, but their actions are telling me this as a physical run blocking wide receiver, that that's where he's, you know, best values at. Like, it's not like they're designing a bunch of plays for Auden Tate, even when other guys are out, when he's in there, it's okay. Block this guy. And that's fine. But could you imagine a little more speed in a guy that you could throw on the opposite of Jamar chase when there's a safety over the top and say, Oh, do you really want to have to worry about Jamar Chase, double Jamar Chase, when we got Sean Jackson who can take a screen to the house too or can run a go at any point? So I know he can't play 50 snaps a game, but can he play 15 to 20 snaps? Can he stretch the defense even more? And can this locker room, is this locker room capable of absorbing a, a veteran that's 34 years old but still has speed? If so... I think he could help the offense. And I, what do you think? Do you think he could help? Do you think again? And I know the, the mental part of this is going to matter and the distraction part, how they view him and in, in how he views coming to Cincinnati. But I think it could work from a talent standpoint. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about it just from the football player perspective before we talk about anything else. I, I think that it would potentially open up some interesting 
packages. You, you've seen the Bengals go four by one and isolate Jamar Chase. And if you go four by one with Jamar Chase and Deshaun Jackson on the field, maybe you don't isolate Jamar Chase. You put him on the four side and you isolate Deshaun Jackson. Teams still have to respect the Deshaun Jackson vertical threat over there. Now you can design things perhaps more creatively on the other side of the field with Jamar Chase. And you could do this with T Higgins too, but T Higgins, I don't think, you know, for, for all of his prowess as a downfield receiver, and he's not bad there by any means, I don't think he threatens teams the way Deshaun Jackson would. So, you know, he could give them some flexibility that way, let them get a little bit more creative. And again, much like Auden Tate, he has a sub package. Auden Tate is the wide receiver when he's healthy, when they put Isaiah Prince on the field and two tight ends or three tight mm -hmm. ends on the field and they go heavy and they put Auden Tate out wide and, and they're using him there. It was Jamar Chase, I think, last week instead. And Jamar Chase can do that job too. But like that, you can have a sub package for Deshaun Jackson in five, six plays a game that utilize the matchups that that creates. On the other hand, like you said, I mean, what, what are you what are you getting in the person? I have no idea. I have no idea where Deshaun Jackson is from a mentality perspective right now. I don't know how he's approaching the game. I don't know if he fits with the culture. And maybe most importantly, as you pointed out, where is Deshaun Jackson going to want to play? I still have doubts, despite Joe Burrow, despite the record mm -hmm. that that place is Cincinnati. So there are some football reasons that you could see it making sense. And there are a whole lot of reasons from a personality and a management perspective that you could see it not making sense. And so I don't expect the Bengals to be involved here, but if they are, I could understand why for those football reasons. Yep. Sign me up. <clears throat> and the beauty is if they, if, you know, if it does work, they can, Zach Taylor can reach out to Sean McVay. Hey, what's up with this guy? Is, is he going to come in and be what we want him to be? Or is he going to be a distraction? And who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll come in and, and do the right things, or, you know, wherever he ends up. Because I think there's, if you're Green Bay, why wouldn't you be interested? If you're a lot of teams that need a field stretching. New Orleans. Honestly, Kansas City. Yep. I, Andy Reid, history there. Sure. So we'll see. But uh, it would uh, it would certainly be interesting. Deshaun Jackson in a visor with uh, running alongside Jamar Chase and company. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it should happen. I would be at least uh, willing to kick the tires, though. Not not like the first priority for me, but again, you could see why from a football perspective. And we talked with Seth Galina about this. The Bengals could use more speed. And so that is where it makes sense. Coming up next, we'll talk about these power rankings. And a lot of you don't care about them. And a lot of you do care about them. The Bengals, and I think you all agree, rightfully take a fall out of the top 10 in the lockdown power rankings. We get into that and DVOA updates coming up next. But first, I got to tell you about the incredible app that everyone that buys gas needs to have on their smartphone. Yep. It's called Get Upside, and you can download it in the App Store or Google Play right now, and you're going to save up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas you purchase every single day, every single week, every single month. It doesn't matter how often or how little you fill up. When you do, you're going to save money with Get Upside. And right now, you're going to get a bonus 25 cents off with promo code TOUCHDOWN on your first fill up. So that means up to 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up. That's free money. That's free money you can put towards Jamar Chase, Jer Chase's jersey. It's free money you can take and invest in betonline.ag or buy a whole lot of built bar. So check them out right now. Get upside in the App Store or Google Play. Make sure you use promo code TOUCHDOWN.
All right, James, it's power ranking segment time. Let's pull them up for the YouTube audience and we'll read them out for the listeners. The Bengals falling out of the top 10 of the locked on NFL power rankings. And are we going to have the image here for YouTube, James? Are we having some technical issues? Just keep just keep talking. You're good. I'll keep talking. So the Bengals, of course, losing to the Jets. You would expect a precipitous fall. The Jets here on the power rankings were 31 going into week eight. They jump up to 28 after beating the Bengals. The Bengals were at 10 in our power rankings last week. Many of you were upset that they were behind the Ravens at the time. And <laughs> instead... The Bengals lose to the Jets and now fall out of the top 10 to 12. The Chargers also lost to the Patriots. They're down to 11. And our old friend, the Chicago Cowboys, which is now what I'm going to call them for the rest of the season, the Dallas Cowboys jump up to four with a gutty performance behind Cooper Rush as no-name backup quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger, Mike White, and Cooper Rush won their games in Week 8. So... The power rankings from top to bottom until we get to the Bengals are L.A. Rams, Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, the Cowboys, whatever city they're from, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Arizona Cardinals, the Baltimore Ravens, the Tennessee Titans, the Las Vegas Raiders, the New Orleans Saints, the Chargers, and then the Bengals. And that's your 1-12. to 12. So the Bengals behind the Chargers, behind the Raiders, they'll have a chance to play both of those teams later this year. They play the Ravens again later this year. They're also behind the Ravens, but they are one spot ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And to me, it could have been worse for the Bengals in these power rank power rankings. Isn't that right? James losing to the 31 team and they only drop two spots partially because who are you putting ahead of them out of these teams behind them? Steelers, Chiefs, Browns, Patriots, maybe the Steelers and the Chiefs. But those are arguments. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing is we do these every week. And after you get to nine, 10, it gets challenging. And look, and, and I think a lot of fans are in this, this realm right now. I don't think losing to the Jets completely threw fran fans for a loop. And we'll get to the Browns this week. But I, I still think a lot of you are buying into this team. And I think nationally you look. And the fact that they're still 12th and they didn't fall behind the Steelers. They didn't fall below the Chiefs. They didn't fall below the Browns. And you might say, oh, well, the Browns lost. Okay, well, they lost to the Steelers. And, you know, in, in past years, they might have fallen even farther. So I still think there's a little equity built up that they could take advantage of by handling business this week uh, against Cleveland. But, no, I was surprised because you start at 10. I would have guessed just without looking and without doing it you know, the power rankings, they fall to 15, maybe 16, like in that range, because do you know what the Bengals are? Cause I, I don't, I'm, I'm in a position now, Jake, to be honest with you, where I question if they're a playoff team now. And that doesn't mean that I don't think they can still be a playoff team. I, I do, but I want them to prove it this week against Cleveland. Cause if they're a playoff team, I think they handle business against the Browns at home. Um, and maybe split with them ultimately, but handle business this weekend. And if not, if they drop the five and four, then did they just outplay the Ravens who were taking them lightly at M&T Bank Stadium? Like th then I think all the equity goes away. So right now they still have some of that equity. And I think that's why they're 12. Yeah. So the reasons to not buy the Bengals are they've played against the Jets. They've 
played against the Bears, they've played against the Jaguars, and they've played against the Lions. And those are four of the worst teams in the NFL by record, by advanced metrics, by any way you cut it, by looking at their roster and doing an eye test. And they split those games. That's not so good. On the other hand, they, they took the Packers to overtime. They missed a game-winning kick, so you can count that as a win if you want or a should have won in, in some ways. They, they beat the Ravens handily in Baltimore, and, and that buys them a lot of credibility. And they beat the Steelers, who now have shown, given they didn't have T.J. Watt that week, but have shown that, you know, writing off the Steelers is, is a fool's game and they're going to hang around because they've got a defense and, and they've got veterans and they've got Mike Tomlin. And so you, you look at the two sides of it and you're like, okay, which is the real Bengals? And the Jets game does to me stand out as an outlier more so than some of their other games. They've been playing close games all season and in, in the games they've lost anyway. And they've also got this worrying trend of, when they're playing these teams that are bad, except the Lions, they're these close, stressful games or their games are losing. And so they do need to do a better job of taking care of business. I understand that some of these games were on the road and it's hard to win three straight on the road in the NFL and having a three-game road uh, road trip is hard. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, they, they beat the Browns and everything's okay. Maybe they're maybe they're a playoff contender again as the narrative goes week to week, right? But right now you lose to the Jets the way you do. And now you're part of this muddled middle in the AFC where, you know, the Chiefs are there this year and, and it's really unclear about who is actually contending in the AFC outside of the Bills. And and I and I say outside of the Bills because you look at, you know, the DVOA, which is the the value over average and they do it by opponent weight and it's all mathematical the only teams that are really competitive in their eyes in the afc is it's like buffalo and and then there's just mm -hmm. this muddled middle again in the afc and you look at some of these teams that have five wins in the afc las vegas tennessee and cincinnati in dvoa are 19th 20th and 21st out of 32 teams right and so DVOA, which is looking at how did you perform against the opponents you played, and Kansas City's 18th in this, by the way, they're not buying any of these AFC teams. And the Bengals yeah. fell from 9th to 22nd after just, I mean, a disaster against the Jets, who the the Jets were 32nd in DVOA last week. And yeah. so when you look at it this way and you look at the playoff odds changes, like the Bengals are minus 30% from last week in playoff odds because every simulation had the Bengals beating the Jets in week eight. And now they have to win some games that maybe the simulations aren't expecting them to win. And that starts this week at home against Cleveland where they're slight favorites, but that I would guess in all of these simulations, like 538 that runs the ELO simulations and football outsiders and, you know, any football uh, playoff probability simulator, that's probably a coin flip game for them. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, it, it, and that's how it feels to me at this point as we record on, on Tuesday night. And look, if they had beat the Jets, especially convincingly, like a lot of people expected, I think there would be a conversation about them being in that they would have made maybe a jump in DVOA and been kind of separate themselves from all these other AFC teams. And it could be the Bills and Bengals, which would be weird saying, and it still sounds weird saying, 
And now since you lose to such an inferior opponent, and that's what it is, and Mike White takes flight, and people are going to get sick of me saying that, but I might say it for the rest of the season because I don't know if that Jets loss is going to go away anytime soon. Um, it's hard to shake it now. And even if you do beat Cleveland, I don't think they make a jump to nine, right, in DVOA. And it's going to take them some time to rebuild that. But if they had gotten to six and two and maintain that lead uh, as the number one seed in the AFC, then maybe we could be talking about them being one of the elite teams. And instead, they didn't edit the trade deadline after faltering on the road against a team that they should have pummeled. And so now I think they're good and I think they're resilient but I need to see a little bit more. And I'm kind of back to where I was before. I don't want to say before the Baltimore game, because clearly they're good at going or or capable of going on the road and beating a a playoff team. But I'm not nearly where I was last week when I thought this team was really, really good and and poised for the playoffs. I think they're going to have to to earn it, obviously, and and prove that they're going to win the games they should win, which I think Sunday is probably one of those. Young team does young team things. And it is worth noting that while the Jets were 32nd in DVOA, which is why the Bengals stinker, especially like the last four drives of the game when they give up two touchdowns and do nothing on offense, I think those drives had a big, big impact on DVOA because there's there's a world where they win that game 38 to 20. Yeah. And that is not the world that we live in, unfortunately, for if Mike all White of us, throws a so. pick six. Yeah, Mike White throws yeah. a pick six, makes a mistake late. Yep. Yep, definitely. And and so Cleveland, however, DVOA does still like quite a bit. I think they're in the top five or 10 of DVOA. So if the Bengals have a shellacking that they can put on the Browns, well, maybe they jump right back up, but they would have to win convincingly. Coming up next, well, the Bengals host the Browns. We've started to talk about it. We're going to continue to talk about it. A bit of a circus going on up there. But right now, I really feel like the, the Bengals are going to have to fight for this one. And we'll go there in addition to a John Ross John Ross update coming up next. I can't wait for that. But you know what else I can't wait for? Football, Sundays, NBA, Mondays. And look, betonline.ag is the number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season, whether it's the college football Saturdays that I'm paying attention to because my university is Cincinnati Bearcats, baby. Hopefully they're college football playoff bound. But whether you want to bet on who's going to be the Heisman, who's going to be the most valuable player in the NFL, NBA, or just a simple line where the Bengals are three-point favorites over the Cleveland Browns this Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium. You can do it all at betonline.ag. So check them out right now at betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON again for 50% or a 50% welcome bonus. It's it, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's free money. Bet online where the game starts. I love free money. I love saving money. And that's why we tell you about Built Bar because it's something that not only do you save money on, but it's a great, great product. If you haven't tried it by now, we've been telling about it for feels like forever. I don't know what you're doing. You're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but James confused it for a candy bar last week. It's not chalky, waxy, or hard to choke down like some of those dry protein bars you might be eating. It's soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you take your first bite, you're going to know that you're having something different. You're going to swear you're eating a candy bar, just like James did last week when he screwed this up. Built Bar is low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein and hits all those macros in the best ways. They've got a ton of flavors out there for you like coconut, raspberry, 
mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia, and their special limited time flavors like coconut brownie chunk. And that is my personal favorite. This month, there will be new limited flavors every three to four days. So make sure you check out their website often at built.com where promo code LOCKED15 will save you 15% on your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. James, aren't you happy that you called it a candy bar last week? Now we can remember that. Like that's a that's a plus for us going forward. Let's talk first before we talk about the Browns game, the John Ross watch, James. And why do we care about John Ross? I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but go ahead. Why do we care Besides about John Ross, James? Being John Ross's number one fan and and you know, championing him in the two thousand 17 NFL draft and oh, okay you're not talking about me you're talking about why the Bengals and Bengals fans should care that John Ross plays in New York oh yeah ex- explain that to the good people Jay. that's right our friend Nick Cordy who does a great job of projecting compensatory picks for overthecap.com has been tracking this all year with weekly tweets that I've been tracking closely as well because this is important stuff Carl Lawson and John Ross and William Jackson were all Bengals last year that went on to greener pastures in some cases or, or not so green pastures in other cases. And the Bengals were due for a compensatory pick. And before the season started, when Carl Lawson was healthy, we were hoping that Carl Lawson might net the Bengals a third round pick if he played enough and he played well for New York. Now he got hurt, but he's still a eligible compensatory free agent because of the money attached to his deal. John Ross, on the other hand, was a very fringe qualifying free agent for the compensatory formula and was going to need to play above 25% of snaps for the Giants in 2021 for the Bengals to get their fourth round pick for losing Carl Lawson. The third rounder off the table because Lawson isn't playing. But if John Ross clears roughly 300 snaps this year, judging from the pace of offensive snaps, for the New York Giants, he'll clear that 25% threshold and be a qualifying free agent. He's halfway there, 154 snaps. This took a dip this week. He played many, many fewer snaps uh, this week compared to the last few weeks. He played 28, 41, 32, and 37 snaps in the last four weeks until this week when he only played 16. But Sterling Shepard apparently sustained an injury for the Giants. Don't know what's going on with Kenny Galladay. He's not playing. The, the Giants are taking John Ross off the field for running downs, but he's halfway there after missing the first few weeks of the season, James, which to me gives him a pretty good shot at getting to that number. And as long as he can stay healthy, as Joe Goodberry said, we're once again asking for John Ross to stay healthy <laughs> and get the Bengals that fourth round compensatory pick. Yeah, it would be huge. And that, that was another reason why you know, you potentially make a move at the deadline because you have this extra pick that could be coming your way. Um, yeah, Darius Slayton not getting moved hurts this. You would have hoped that the Giants would have traded a Darius Slayton, open up more snaps for another receiver. Who knows what's going on with Sterling Shepard? I saw him got in. He got injured on Monday, but I haven't really followed it that closely. So, uh, yeah, as far as John Ross goes, hopefully he can play. I hope he puts up big numbers. I hope he puts up huge. Now, I hope he has a touchdown a week for the rest of time. But uh, I might be the only one. But if he does that, then the Bengals get a fourth-round pick. So bust out those John Ross jerseys, dust them off, and wear them every time the Giants play Bengals fans. Yeah. So that's the summary on John Ross (laughs) and James's favorite player. I mean, you don't have to root for him as hard as James does, but, you know, 
no reason not to support the guy. The Bengals don't play the Giants this year, and the Giants certainly will not be in the playoffs. So probably a few years before the Bengals will see John Ross again, although John Ross will probably be on a new team this time next year. Uh, James, let's shift gears and spend a few minutes talking about the, the Browns before we wrap up the Odell Beckham circus in Cleveland, uh, on, on Tuesday was something to behold before the trade deadline, but he remains in Cleveland. And honestly, I won't be surprised if he's inactive after getting LeBron James, a tweet on his behalf before the trade deadline. And he remains a Brown, but I mean, with between injuries so you know jeremiah wusu kormoa their top corner you know they they have injuries on the offensive line jack conklin will the browns be focused enough to to take this game on or is is there just distraction city for the browns as they prepare to come to cincinnati i think the browns are used to it you know when i was there and covering them they there was so many damn distractions and you know, despite having a bad head coach, and I think they have a good head coach now, Kevin Stefanski, not someone who's faced what they're facing now, but, you know, they had Freddie Kitchens then, and they were still competitive in games against teams like this that have elite quarterbacks, if you consider Joe Burrow an elite quarterback, that have explosive offenses. So, yeah, despite the injuries, I think this is going to be a dogfight, and I think it's going to be a really, really tough game where Miles Garrett knows the season's on the line, Nick Chubb knows the season's on the line, Baker Mayfield who has 17 touchdowns in six games against the Bengals is five and one against the Bengals. And the only loss was when they knew Freddie Kitchens was leaving and, and being fired. So they didn't really show up at Paul Brown stadium week 17 of 2019. So uh, yeah, I think um, this is going to be a tough game, but yeah, the drama is just wild. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they had traded Odell Beckham jr. Clearly it doesn't work there. I still think he's a pretty good receiver, maybe a great receiver. And we just don't see it because of Baker. Uh, because whatever, for whatever reason, the chemistry just isn't there. And I guess sometimes it doesn't work and, uh, you know, it's not working. And so they didn't trade him. They had talks with the saints, according to ESPN, that didn't happen. So, uh, I think he's going to, I would be surprised if he is inactive, honestly, I think they'll, they'll play him because it's a Bill Simmons calls these loser leaves, loser leaves town match. And I, I don't know if it's that, I don't know if the loser's out, but if the Browns lose and they fall to four and five and, you know, they've lost to the Steelers and they, they've lost to, to the Bengals. That's a, a tough spot to be in. Yeah. And, and the Bengals, fortunately, you know, if they lose, they're still two and one in the division. So it's not all lost, but at that point it's very, very muddy. And all these teams in the AFC North could potentially have winning records. And so it, it could winning this game for the Bengals, let's just say makes their path toward forward if if they want to get to the playoffs much clearer and if they if they lose this game which i'm I'm not saying it should be easy because there's a circus and all these distractions going on in cleveland uh i'm not saying it's easy at all i think it's going to be a very challenging game between teams that have some guys that will give each other problems and coaches that will give each other potentially problems i'm more worried about kevin stefanski who seems to own lou anarumo uh Going to be a challenging game, but but very important for both teams. We'll talk more about it with Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns coming up for the crossover tomorrow. We're going to shift gears. We'll have practice reports and start looking ahead toward this matchup with the Browns coming up in week nine starting tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one.